Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. Good morning, everyone. We want to get you fully updated on what's going on in Haiti. The official death count is just beginning in that nation, and various estimates say tens of thousands of people may die when the final count is uh, is uh, put together. Uh, there are even estimates as high as 100,000. But uh, search teams and uh, health assessment teams are looking and trying to figure out where the, the most damage is and where the people are most threatened. And, of course, uh, for people who are alive and survivors and people who are injured, uh, time, as we are saying, is uh, running out as the relief operation begins. Lucy Tondro, you're a Haitian community advocate in Miami, Florida, joining us from Miami. When do you ship out for uh, Haiti? As soon as we have clearance, as a matter of fact, we were hoping to do so today, and unfortunately we haven't gotten clearance yet. As soon as we have the clearance, I will be one of the, uh, the a few people that are able to go and help. There's a real relief traffic jam there because the dropping off point is uh, Miami for so many people who are headed to Haiti. Let me give you a sense of what you're going to see when you finally arrive in Port-au-Prince. This is from uh, the Miami Herald's Francis Robles reporting in Haiti for your local public radio station, WLRN. Listen to this. I don't want to give the impression that every building in Port-au-Prince has collapsed. That's certainly not the case. You have a very busy, vibrant city with everybody running around. And then let's say you have a path where there's 30 buildings. Three of them may have collapsed. And uh, maybe there were 30 people in those, in those three buildings so that you have a trail of dead bodies scattered throughout the city. You might just be walking down the street, and, and then there are three or four bodies laid out with white sheets over them on the sidewalk. So, Lucy Tondro, it's a, it's a grim situation there, but hardly lifeless. What have you heard about what you expect to find? Well, um, I know what I'm expecting to find, since, since each time there's a, a calamity in Haiti, I'm always there on the ground helping. Um, it's, 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 it's the, the feeling of helplessness right here in South Florida that is the hardest part. We know what to expect. We want to uh, put our grain of salt in order to help. And uh, we know that from uh, watching the news, um, the bodies are laying um, everywhere in Port-au-Prince. Uh, the buildings that have collapsed and mostly the people in despair, not knowing where to go, um, not able to find their loved ones. And it is heartbreaking. Right. Well, you are with a medical response team leaving from Miami-Dade County as soon as there is clearance. Uh, as you say, Lucy Tondro, stand by for us there in Miami. Millery Polonais, who's a professor of American studies at New York University, uh, we talked to you just at the top of the hour. That powerlessness that uh, Lucy talks about, you know personally, you have family in uh, Haiti who you still maybe have not heard from. Yes, we. Uh, our family has uh, our cousin, unfortunately, who passed away, Azu, and... Um, we have five, we're looking for five other family members. And, you know, when we were talking off air, um, uh, and I was reminded of a, of a, of a very evocative uh, soundbite I heard last night on a public radio program where you look at the sky, it's beautiful. You look down at the ground, it couldn't be more awful. Yeah. Um, you, you said to me this morning, we're trying to figure out why Haiti. Yeah. That's a real feeling among yeah. Haitians. Ex- explain. Help me to understand that. <sighs> why Haiti? I mean... Many Haitians take the, so much pride in their history, and the history goes back to the Haitian Revolution, uh, obviously slavery, and obviously going uh, as early as to um, 20th century U.S. occupation of Haiti. So we think about all this stuff, and so we think about all the kind of obstacles that have been in our way in order to 
uh, achieve and progress. And they've always been whether economic, natural disasters, something that is happening, political disarray. And uh, Lucy Tondro, you know the history of uh, Haiti as well as anyone. Um, what, what makes things difficult in a relief operation? You've had a lot of experience. Well, um, what makes things more difficult is the lack of infrastructure in Haiti, um, to, to lack of preparedness in Haiti also, and the fact that uh, the, the people of Haiti have never been able to count on their government, on the government, in order to, to, to look for help. That's why everybody's looking into the international community to come and seek help. Um, the people of Haiti, uh, after the uh, four hurricanes that hit Haiti back to back, they have that potentiality to rise back whenever there is sadness in the country. And it is difficult for us here in the United States to understand people with nothing are able to live and, 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 and be happy on a daily basis. So it is very difficult for us here not being able to get in touch with loved ones, not knowing exactly what's going on. Are they okay? There's no communication. We were not able to get through Haiti for the past um, two days. Hopefully today um, we'll have some phone lines. Um, and, you know, it's as you both, you both point out, Lucy, you and uh, Millery Polonais here in the studio, the Haitians are used to, have grown up with a history of not being able to rely on the government. That infrastructure you, you, you have learned not to rely on. I'm wondering, and again, uh, the U.S. is at the head, the tip of the spear of the relief operation here in this hemisphere. There will probably be more resources mobilized from the United States than anywhere else in the world, nevertheless. Does the U.S. have some complicity in that history where Haitians uh, have learned not to trust their government, uh, Millery Polonais? Oh, course, yes. oh uh, with, uh, Lucy's agreeing with you, too. Lucy, yeah. stay on the line. Without a doubt. I mean, from uh, going back to the Haitian Revolution to uh, Haiti wasn't recognized once it achieved its uh, independence uh, until uh, 1862 by the United States, going to 1915 to 1934, U.S. occupation, moving up to uh, various issues in which the U.S. has propped up, supported various governments um, uh, from uh, Elie Lescaut to uh, Estime to Duvalier. Um, so they've always been a part of uh, hmm. Haitian foreign policy and um, have always had their hand in, in all of this. So, so, so the relief operation, you know, not to get involved in a lot of uh, U.S. bashing guilt, but nevertheless, I mean, we're a part of that history. We, we yeah. ought to be a part of the solution. 8778-MY-TAKE or MyTake at thetakeaway.org. What do you believe is uh, uh, America's role in this hemisphere? Lucy Tondro, before uh, we go, why don't you take us out? You have some impressions? Yes, I do. Um not only uh, the, uh, the occupation of Haiti, but the army that was trained not to serve the people, but to kill people in Haiti. That was part of the yes. heritage that we've got also after the occupation uh, in 1934, after the United States left. And, and each the of these things, each of these things means that the people have difficulty having faith in the very infrastructure that they must rely on now for aid. And, of course, the priority is to get uh, cl clean drinking water to the people and uh, aid and food in, in these periods when time is running out. Uh, Millery Polonet, you're going to stay with us. Thanks yes. so much. Lucy Tondro, good luck in Haiti. I hope you can ship out today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Lucy Tondro is a Haitian community advocate in Miami, Florida.